And we are back here once again with another episode, the Iron Man Podcast, episode 299 with Miss Kitty Phillips, actually. And, you know, we're, we're closing in on a milestone, finally. And I don't know if I'll celebrate 300, 400, but I will celebrate at 500. And when we get to 1,000, oh my God, am I going to be the, like the next Black Ben Shapiro? Like, good Lord, I'd be actually at that level, won't I? No? You don't want to be in anything Ben Shapiro, so... You mean short, rich, and successful? Good lord! <laughs> no, whiny, whiny, and ugly, <laughs> and 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 Jewish. That's 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 the worst part. I'm just kidding, everyone. Just, just <laughs> oh hey oh, <laughs> just so spicy just already. Short. Yeah. Well, uh, last night there was a clip of Joe Biden out there talking some some BS, and he was speaking like straight up nonsense because we couldn't even understand what he was saying. Everyone's just like clapping. I'm like, what is going on? There's no way he's running, people. There's no way. There's like, no, he's just, his brain is like on crystal four fucking dementia. There's no way that guy is running for anything. But we'll get yeah, to that spicy I, stuff later. We'll talk about was, Miss Kitty first, actually. Because mm, you know how superheroes have their origin stories. So how was your life growing up, actually? My life growing up, I had actually a pretty great childhood. We did mm-hmm. uh, kind of live in a more ghetto area in Southern California. Mm-hmm. Um really? You know, like, for example, our high school was talked about as the one that there was the shooting outside of. This was back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was pretty cool because um, my my high school was truly diverse. It was in the 90s when personally, I think, was the peak of really great race relations before they started really fucking with us hard and saying, hey, you should you guys should all hate each other. So. It was really fun. Plus what I was in, I was a band nerd. So, you know, I hung out with a bunch of other nerds. It didn't matter what your race or sex or anything like that was. Um, it was great. I loved, I loved growing up in the 90s. I had an intact family. I was so lucky to uh, have my dad in my life, my entire life. He still helps me out. So um, pretty good. My upbringing was kind of awesome. Oh, you... You said you went to a high school that was rather, rather diverse. So and I could tell you like nerd stuff because you do your own magazines and things. So it's weird because when I grew up, if you mentioned to people you liked anything nerd related, even though we know that people were, people were watching this stuff in their free time at home, I guess it was like, don't say this stuff because you'll be looked at a certain way. I'd imagine even in your time frame, when you went to school, it was still like that. If people found out you like nerd stuff, they just like kind of just casted you out of being around them, I'd imagine, right? No, because I was a band nerd. Band. I was, I was in a band, band too. So ev- I, I was Were a you? Band. What did you yeah. play? I liked uh, clarinet. Okay, I played saxophone. Really? Yeah. Well, I, I started uh, on clarinet, then moved to sax. Yeah. I had quit around the time I played saxophone. It, was, it wasn't the fact that I hated band. It had nothing to do with like, playing an instrument. I actually enjoyed trying to learn like different tunes and different like notes you'd play. But... I don't know. It kind of felt like my love for it just died out. Like I wasn't really one of those kids where like you just kind of kept doing it each year because it's kind of like, you know, one more year in, one more year in. When I got bored of something so hard, I just was like, I'm done. I'm done with this because it became like really repetitive. Like I knew those patterns as a kid for some reason, though I couldn't like verbally explain it to people. They're like, why did you give up on certain things? I just get bored. You know, if I had no joy or love for them anymore, I feel like and I taken those and went into my personal life too. My, my real life is like, but if you get bored of something and there's no passion for it, why do you keep doing it? We have so much little time on this world. I don't want to waste it doing things I'm not passionate about anymore. 
you know? Well, let me ask you this. How, how were your grades in school? Did you struggle in school <laughs> academically? Well, I would say I only struggled because I just didn't care. You know, I actually yeah. applied no, myself. No. If no, I applied I myself absolutely... a lot more, I would have just did better. I, I thoroughly, I look back and I was like, you know what? I probably should have applied myself a bit more. But then again, I think to myself, it's public school. It's like, even if you do, you're like only doing it for like odd validation from your teachers and peers. You know, there was a single point in high school after our spring break where the counselor was like, you're not going to graduate, right? You know, congratulations. She was like, I've been knowing you for all these many years and you really improved because I was a weirdo when I first started high school. They're like, you actually really grow as a person. I was like, thank you. Like, you're graduating. Uh, congratulations. You know, you, you can just chill back and relax. So I legit, I don't think I really did anything for an entire like month for last week in school. It was terrible. I never, I, I never told anybody to do that. Don't just like slack off and like, keep going. But yeah, that's uh. That'd be my story for that. Hi. Well, yeah, I I had I had to ask uh, because that's kind of typical. People that don't kind of fit in, you know, you're a, a round peg trying to fit in a square hole. Um, you're not doing good in school because you're mm -hmm. not so much of a conformist, you know, and you're probably very individualistic. And and public school is not designed for that type of personality. And I didn't, though, the thing I liked about school was just, I, I guess, getting some, some lifelong friendships out of it. But the more I look back, the more I go, you know what, this was, uh, it's hard to really tell if it's good or bad for you when you look back at what you learned out of it. Like getting, as you can say, the basics was fine, but man, it was, uh, God, there was days where I was just so, so lonely at school. I was like, freak, I don't like any of these people. Like you just kind of <laughs> feel like you don't really, it's not about fitting in. It's like you can't like talk to people. You, you know, if you talk to certain groups, you're going to get probably pulled into a dark lifestyle. Talk to another group, you're going to become some, like some weird self-absorbed weirdo with like, like um, I, I guess you could say tendencies that are just would be like odd and not applicable later on in life. Man, there's so many ways of navigating school. I can see why people dropped out. I can see why it's just boring. You just wake up, you're doing the same thing. It's so repetitive. There's no fun to it. They don't even teach you proper life skills. I think I'm more, I think I've learned more outside of school than actually what I've learned in school. Honestly, yeah, you know, mm -hmm. like they don't teach you about taxes. They don't teach you how to. <laughs> I don't know. What, you don't know what a tax return is. You know, they don't teach you about you know how to pay your bills on time. You know, they always talk about you should do these things. It's nice to do these things, but then you know you never really kind of learn and apply. Like, okay, what's the concept surrounding it? Because I think with a lot of individuals, they they fail to realize if you don't truly understand the concept of something, your mind will never actually apply it fully. You know, so. Or unless you have know, dire situations happen to you, like if you don't pay your bills at a certain time, you know, oh, those things are getting shut off. They don't want to hear your sob story about, I'll get you later. Yeah, it's not really happening. <laughs> right. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Um, so have you seen what's going on down in uh, Texas and Eagle Pass? Oh, you're talking about the border crisis, aren't you? Where they, um, yeah, the border crisis. Where and Texas were like, hey, you're not cars. doing anything. We'll step in and do it ourselves. The Supreme Court, I think it was. It was a vote of like five to four. They voted, and no, you you can't put those things up. And then Texas just went, eh, fuck it. We're just going to do it anyway. Because yeah. what are they going to yeah, do? No. Really send all the troops out there to take them down? It's like, they're not really going to do that. These people barely care who's invading our country. So I doubt they're going to send that many people to a state as big as Texas to really take that stuff down, you know? Yeah, no, but it's more, I think it's more just the threat of kind of doing so. 
And it's mm-hmm. like, ooh, is Eagle Pass going to be kind of a last stand type type of thing where mm-hmm. eventually something that, uh, something's going to pop off? But mm-hmm. also the freedom, I guess there's like a trucker convoy going down to that area as well. So just regular trucker citizens and everything to kind of, I don't know, be there and protest, help. I'm not sure what their purpose is, um, but I think it'll be an interesting thing to watch and see what happens down there because mm. you know <clears throat> you you have it in your bio that you 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 like trump a lot don't you yeah i'm a hundred percent maga mama yeah so were you following trump before his political i would say rise actually the only time i had heard of him was when they did the roast of him i think on comedy central a long time ago i was like who are they, who's this guy they're roasting and then like in 2016, I remember all the big old debacle with him and Hillary Clinton and people were talking about the popular vote and all that stuff. And I was like, they were talking about this guy like he had walked around and kicked people's grandmas in the face. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I think the biggest thing that people just failed to understand, that he was trying to bring people's brains, but their their brains were so brainwashed by what people have been doing to them over and over and over again. They, did, they didn't really fail to understand what he was truly trying to say. And this is what I think he was, he was really trying to say. The people that you were supporting both political wise and these like entertainment figures, they don't actually like you. They're lying to you. They're just bad people. And people were like, you can't say that. This is wait, wait, what you told me the person I was following the most of my life is a bad person. No, we have to stop this person. So that's what I took that a lot of people just didn't like is that they didn't like that. He attacked establishments that were previously already considered pretty bad. Like people don't know the FBI is pretty bad. Actually, we looked, I haven't looked that much into them, but it's it's bad, actually, about stuff they cover up, about stuff they actually let go, you know, about how much influence they have on, like, social media to the point where they want you to see certain things versus what they don't want you to see. Like, I don't get why people don't want – people always say they want to be told the truth, but in reality, you know, sometimes it's just, like, you really want to be told the truth by some of these individuals because it's, like, you told the truth and you say it's not true, you say there's no proof – all these things get shown to you and you still find a way to not believe. And it's like, what are we even doing at this point? You know? Yeah. Well, um, so you asked if I'd known him before. I've never been any kind of celebrity worshiper. So, of course, I knew who Donald Trump was. I've been alive mm-hmm. on this earth for a while. Really? Um, hmm. Yeah, I've been I've been alive. So, I, so I'm kind of surprised you never really heard of him before that. But <laughs> I think you're probably a little younger than I am. But um and I had no opinion, absolutely no opinion. I'm like, okay, Donald mm-hmm. Trump's some, you know, rich billionaire and he likes to have gold in his house and Scotty mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. Um, but when I heard of his platform, what he was running mm-hmm. on, I was like, okay, I could support this. And then living through the four years of his presidency and mm-hmm. watching, because uh, another thing about me, I'm a little bit of a conspiracy theorist. Mm-hmm. So I know the depth and breadth of government corruption and media control and all that previous to Trump. So Mm -hmm. him exposing all of this to a massive audience and watching the mainstream media um, along with uh, establishment politicians try to smear him in every which way they possibly could to take him down. Meanwhile, putting down half the nations, basically, uh, calling us all d- domestic terrorists because we support what Donald Trump is doing is just like, oh my God, the exposure is now national. Um, and a lot of people are waking up to just how corrupt our government is because of Donald Trump. And I think that's one of the biggest, most awesome things that he did 
And mm -hmm. who, who, what kind of crazy person wouldn't support make America great again? You know, I mean, only mm -hmm. the people that hate America, even American citizens that hate America, you know, there, there's plenty of those. We've been demoralized for like decades to mm -hmm. hate our own country and our own country men. So, um, yeah, I'm not surprised that there's another faction saying, screw America. America was never great. We suck, blah, blah, blah. It's because that's been fed into our minds for decades. So um, that's mostly why I support Trump is things were good under him. He has brought shed a lot of light on government and media corruption. Um, but I'm not one of those sycophants that won't call him out when he does something crappy. You know, I'm not hmm. like brain dead. But I like, think it's kind of cool. I, I think the uh, the media portion of it when he was calling out like MSNBC and CNN, like just um recently when we had that they were covering up that whole Donzo manifesto thing. They were like, it doesn't exist. We're doing, we're doing some investigative journalism on it as they were saying in a tweet. And we're like, what investigative journalism are you doing? We know it got revealed. We know you were trying to hide it. You're terrible. And I, and I like that he brought that up. It's like, if you, if you look at the mainstream media's ratings in front of these like really popular broadcast networks, their ratings have dropped over years, long time. You know, there's just so bad. They're so terrible. Like, I don't even know mm -hmm. who sits through and watches a CNN broadcast at the very end. These are like well, legit nobody. awful people who watches yeah. MSNBC. That's terrible. Like, all I think the reason why they're around is they're just, you know, just getting endorsed by people. They're just getting funded by people. That's it. Because people know about how TV works, right? If your ratings plummet, ratings are how you get money. That's how you get sponsors because more sponsors, more ads, more commercials on your breaks, right? Well, if your ratings have been tanking, well, that means less people would want to advertise in your broadcast ever because there's less eyes watching. That's just how any sponsor advertiser works. So how are they getting money to survive? Their ratings have been tanking for years. Well, God, I guess you got to sell your soul to BlackRock, maybe. BlackRock always needs more souls. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> I, I guess know you were a conspiracy theorist, too. Well, I would imagine. Oh, I mean, it's just I, 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 I just kind of put two and two together. You know, it's one of those yeah, that's conspiracy where, theory now. Oh, you're right. Oh, I forgot. To be fair, are they really conspiracy theories anymore when it's right in front of your face? You know, I guess yeah. I guess the ideas of it being a conspiracy, I kind of throw out the wall when you can kind of see like, man, these people are just straight up trash. <laughs> yeah, well, well, yeah, exactly. When it's all the evidence is all right in front of you. And that's mm -hmm. kind of I say it tongue in cheek and, mm -hmm. you know, even calling myself a conspiracy theorist and having this super duper awesome tinfoil crown. <laughs> that I put on when I'm talking about truth, you know, because you bring up truth and then you're automatically a conspiracy theorist. So um, mm -hmm. me personally, I embrace the term. I think I think it's basically the N word for people that seek the truth, see what's happening right in front of our faces. So we should just kind of embrace it. Cars call ourselves conspiracy theorists, laugh it off while mm -hmm. continuing to spread the truth and what we see right in front of us. Right. So I'm a conspiracy theorist. So what do you think about what's been going on with like Vivek, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, all that debacle? Right. So, I mean, gosh. So it's not like Trump should have ever gone unopposed, right? I mean, that's undemocratic or against how politics mm -hmm. should work. We should always have more choices than mm -hmm. even the obvious choice. So I hold nothing against anybody for running against Trump while other mm -hmm. people are like, ah, DeSantis, you suck because you ran against Trump. I don't care. Whatever. Mm -hmm. 
I believe a good majority of people, um, Republicans and probably even more independents, possibly some sane Democrats are going to come over and vote for Trump. Um, so I'm not angry that anybody ran against him, although uh, I am very suspicious of everybody in politics. Like, I don't even trust Trump 100 percent, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Good on them. I think I there's evidence that uh, Vivek, I think, was in the World Economic Forum's Young Leaders Program. So that makes me sus of him and, you know, stuff like that. Um, but what I know is I'm voting for Trump when it comes around. And I think he'll hmm. I think no matter what, whether they let him into office or not, um, he's going to win. He's going to mm-hmm. win, you know. But anybody, oh, some, I don't some like say, Haley, though. I hate some, some, Haley. She's some horrible. would say that he should have probably won the last time he ran. But, you know, dead people were voting for Joe Biden. He's the most voted for president in history. You know, ridiculous. your great, 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 whoever voted for Joe Biden. <laughs> so yeah. even in death, you get no choice. Even in death, they decide who, who you get to choose. Yeah, no, it it was crazy to see a steal happen right before our very eyes and make it very, very obvi- obvious. Mm-hmm. And then the um, uh, uh, the backlash after the fact mm-hmm. that's still playing out. You know, I guess I guess on social media, we're a little less censored for saying out loud, hey, the election was stolen. But mm-hmm. just to see everything being controlled and shut down and banned and shadow banned and all that in real mm-hmm. time, it's kind of mind blowing to see this happening in the most free nation in the world, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's been a ride. Yeah, I, I think after what happened these past two weeks, I just don't know why she's even running anymore. What is the point? Is she just wasting people's money? Like she's basically just getting free money to spout nonsense. I'd be pretty mad if someone's wasting my free money on knowing they've already lost. What, like, what, what is she trying to do? Just gain so, more social media followers because like X pays money now. That's, like, I, I don't know what is the other reason she's still doing this. This is just a waste of time. It's very clear that he's the person that people want to to be the Republican nominee. It's not much more. I thought this would be a democratic country. No, it's not. We're a constitutional republic, but people like to pair. We're, we're democratic, right? Well. A democracy is, hey, we uh, get to choose who we want, and that's who we want now. That's how it works. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think the best theory I've heard regarding that, and I'm like, oh, that could be what's going mm-hmm. on, is that, um, you know, she's getting her name out there using the Republican platform and ticket. But we all know she's a rhino at the best, but I think she really is just a Democrat. Mm-hmm. And the best theory I've heard is, they're not going to run Joe Biden. I think we all know that, you know, the man can't speak. So they're going to have to have somebody that's going to run. That's probably already chosen, you know, to run the democratic ticket. And it's probably going to be Michelle Obama. Mm -hmm. And uh, wouldn't be surprised if she chooses Nikki Haley to be her VP. So then that's two women, you know, you got a virtue signaling, check all the oh, boxes yeah. yeah you know and maybe michelle obama will come out as a tranny maybe <laughs> you know <laughs> really rally that that democrat demographic <laughs> maybe michelle obama chooses kamala harris as a vp you know imagine two brown women running oh, yeah. oh my god the, the peak levels of virtue signaling will be out of this world 
Well, that's the thing. Doesn't Nikki Haley, I think I've seen this floating around. Doesn't Nikki Haley um, claim to be some kind of not white? She's a woman. When she starts talking, there, there's a good chance I'll probably stop listening. <laughs> She's just talking. Yeah, yeah. Just like, <laughs> that's fine. Just like, <sighs> you start snoring. It's like, okay, all right, lady, go back to your fucking house. Like, the only thing she's talked about that I've even somewhat enjoyed is her uh, her ideas about abortion. Like, yeah, I mean, but these are things that most people would, would agree on if you have a sane brain. It, like, you know, you have, you have that person where you're like, oh, yeah, I agree with them on that one thing. Wait a minute. Most people with any logic would think this because that's just the right thing to do for the most part. What do you, you think about – Um, because I, I know people, people were surprised Ron dropped out, but I was like, did you really see him having any legway in these polls, honestly? Are you asking me if oh, I good. if I thought? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I guess I guess not. I mean, regarding polls and all that, I'm not the closest watcher of all all things politics and mm -hmm. all that. I guess I can um, speak on certain subjects if I've happened to see a meme floating around and then it piqued my curiosity to go and look into the news stories. So mm -hmm. as far as Ron goes, I mean, I just thought it was funny that he was wearing lifts in his boots. <laughs> good gosh. <laughs> and because you said you had a good life growing up. So what ended up happening? You, you know, getting married, you know, having like a lot of kids, you know, having the white picket fence life, as us Americans say. Not quite. So, you know, I think when we started this stream, I kind of asked you about your education and mm -hmm. all that and how school was. And I think it was very similar experience for me where I'm very kind of ADD and like mm -hmm. I have to get my hands in everything. So through my life, I've done different things, but I've always found work that brings me joy to mm -hmm. do. And a lot of that is um, public facing service jobs. So I've done a lot of um, like working with the community in different manners. Like I worked for a parks and rec and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and then we decided four years ago to start our magazine. I was working at a place for a couple of years then, and we started doing all right enough for me to feel like I could quit my job because we're just going to keep growing and growing. Mm -hmm. um, and then things kind of flipped on us. It's been really hard the last couple of years since I've, not been working outside the um, magazine and um, yeah, but I love doing our own thing. I think I was born to entrepreneurship and to be mm -hmm. able to be on the grind to mm -hmm. support myself and my husband and um, our magazine's actually really mission driven to kind of mm -hmm. stick a thumb in the eye of all the would be controllers of the world mm -hmm. and make fun of them. So I really like the work that we're doing and I'm proud to struggle on behalf of the magazine to keep publishing, you know, quarterly. So I don't even remember what your original question was, but, oh, um, white picket fence. No, but we're blessed. We are <laughs> not white picket fence. We do have a halfway decent house that we're renting up in the mountains in Southern California. And it's beautiful. And mm -hmm. I have one daughter and two dogs and a cat and a turtle. So, I mean, I guess, and, and I'm happily married. So yeah, I guess it is kind of white picket fancy. And I still have a great family. Although, yeah. there are, although there are a bunch of liberals that judge me. <laughs> I imagine uh, family gatherings are always always a treat. Hearing them be like, yeah, yeah Jill's going to run shit. the... Yeah, God, Jill's running the country good. And you're just like, 
just, just no, at them, just it's, it's the more it's more like we just do not talk politics we don't talk religion it's all very because my whole entire family is very non-confrontational mm. um which is which makes it funny that i'm wearing i'm running a very confrontational magazine um so i guess that's my outlet but at family events we are it's very mundane oh how's life Mm, it's good. Great. Oh, wow. You made this, you know, this dish that we're all enjoying. Very good. You know, just really boring day to day small talk is basically. They'll, they'll probably, my I don't know how old your daughter is, but they'll probably ask things like, oh my God, you're like all grown up now. It's like, it's been like 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. I mean, you know, my my family still maintains kind of senses of humor and stuff like that. So we have a nice time and we drink. So we're Irish and we drink. So that's what we do. You know, and uh yeah, my daughter's 21 and uh you know, my parents love her, my sisters and brother love mm -hmm. her and and she's, she's pretty cool black to be man? around. <laughs> No, she's dating a Russian, uh, a Russian, half, Russian oh. half Swedish guy who's rather based. Oh, yeah, he's a gamer and yeah, he's kind <laughs> he's... of like a geeked out nerd. <laughs> yeah, because if she dated a black guy, you could be like, oh my god, you're disowned. Nope, <laughs> go full on racist on her. That's what you gotta what? do. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, is that how on... we deal? If, if she comes <laughs> on wearing a do rag and drinking grape Kool Aid. You're like okay i would be I, that'd be funny i would be shocked because that is just so not her i'd be like what are you doing you would actually probably have to have done some hardcore crack to get like that probably yeah maybe and we'd have and you know what for her to have that influence we'd have to kind of live in the ghetto and we don't <laughs> so you flip city magazine is that influenced by like also comic books as well or did you like grow up reading com comic books at all no, okay, so that's something funny, and I, I, I don't misrepresent what I am. So, mm -hmm. um, no, not me. I I grew up reading as far as comics go, like the Sunday Funnies and mm, the weekly, okay. you know, the newspaper comic strips. Yeah. Um, our, the magazine is based off like Mad and Crack magazine, and that's what my husband grew up loving. Mm -hmm. So, um you know, we went down this path because he's a writer and illustrator, so he could do the comic satire. Um, and then now we've grown to publish, I think over 20 different artists. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's a variety satire magazine, um, in inspired by Matt and cracked because those went down the tube tubes, like in the nineties and just kept getting progressively worse mm -hmm. with all the wokeness. Cause you know, you have a big property that everybody knows and loves. Mm -hmm. It had to go woke mm -hmm. um, for, for you to survive. So it was time to revive the mm -hmm. irreverent comic satire, especially because we're living through so much crazy shit. It needs to be made fun of, you know, mm -hmm. we need to mock and ridicule it at every turn. So um, yeah, it's more comedy and um, a lot of comics well, I mean, comics come in all kinds of different genres and everything, but I don't, I don't see a lot of comedy comics out there, like comic books. Yeah, I um, I don't necessarily always read them for for humor, though. I can find I don't know, usually a smile on my face when I'm like, okay, because like, I don't know. Sometimes I just get enjoyment from having the material in my hands and just going through another person's world and ideas. 
you know? Yeah. Like there'll be times yeah. animes made jokes and I've just not laughed at all, but I'm like, you know what? I can uh, at least attempt to appreciate the humor, you know? Right. Well, I, that's something too. I, I do because I'm very, very supportive of the indie creator scene. So mm -hmm. even if I'm not like all into the comic books and everything, I kind of look forward to becoming being into those things because I'm making friends in the industry and mm -hmm. maybe we're like trading books and stuff like that. In fact, uh, this came yesterday and I'm very excited to read it. So I interviewed Mike Barron a while back and we decided to, oh, yeah, it's by Mike, Mike Barron. Oh, I know. Yeah. I've had Mike on the show before. Mike's a yeah. awesome guy. Dude, yeah. Oh dude. He's so freaking awesome. We, so we decided to trade books. I'm excited to read this as like one of my first introductions to any kind of real comic book. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of my plan is like meet the creators through my own live streaming and networking and going to cons and stuff like that and start getting into comics pretty much exclusively by reading independent comics and not mm -hmm. even thinking about Marvel and DC and all that kind of stuff. Because mm -hmm. I know I, I'm, I'm a fan of art and I'm a fan of good storytelling. So mm -hmm. I don't see why I wouldn't be able to get into comic books. Mm -hmm. So that's my plan. Yeah, I mean, I've, um, today, I finished, before we did this, I read, um, ISO number two, actually. I read ISO number one last Wednesday, and next Wednesday, gonna go through Alpha Core number one, and we're doing a comic book club on the channel now, so, like, on Wednesdays, if someone wants me to buy a book and read it so we can review it and talk about it, because, you know, as you've probably seen, there's a lot of drama sometimes surrounding this stuff, so I, I, I just always wanted you know, something where we could talk about the stories and the books themselves, like art, the writing, the structure and all that stuff. So it's been awesome having to go through and read again. It's like, man, being black and reading, it's like Marty proving the stereotypes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> CNN lie to you guys. I'm going to be decent. <laughs> Wait, are you saying CNN says black people don't read? Are you or saying, can't read? I was saying, yeah, maybe. I, I'm pretty sure they said that before. Someone on there, I know I've said that bullshit. Huh. But well, as you know, Don Lemon's the greatest, you know? He's my dad, actually. Oh, the one that abandoned you? Y yeah, see? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have Stockholm Syndrome. That's how it works now. Oh, hey, God. Um, so that actually sounds pretty fun uh, that you're going to be doing. Is it like a comic book club where you're going to have panels that are reading the same thing and then you all Oh, uh, it could be one person plan. that has read something. So like that, I don't know where you even buy that. Architect, I... So if you wanted me to... If you wanted to actually talk about it, I just buy it and review it. And we just set a day. I preferably do them on Wednesdays because every other day is kind of packed, but I could kind of fit it in maybe. Just talk about it and just go for it. Then I clip out the actual review part of it and I just throw it up on YouTube. That's what we hey, do. That's not, that actually sounds like some fun content. Because people do like other book clubs for like everything. It's like, why don't we have one for comic books or things like that you have, like your type of thing? We should have that. You know, there should be like an outlet for that because everyone's like talking about what the creator said or my God, the creator said he didn't like Biden. And now we got to just do a blow up on Twitter. I'm like, at, at, a, at a single point, that stuff is like kind of fun every once in a while, but that's not really what I care about. Like if I'm being honest, I don't care who someone really truly voted for. If you're a creator in this kind of space, you know, that's a different conversation entirely. I, if you're creating something, mm -hmm. so like Mark Wade, if you know who that is, he's a complete idiot. He, he just might, he might actually be mentally retarded. I don't know. He might not have actually maybe been born without a brain. Rare, rare, obviously, clear example of it, but his writing is actually pretty good. I can't deny that he's actually a talented writer, you know? 
Yeah. But I think we should get like an anime. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever ever followed like anime throughout your life, but most people only care about anime a lot because of what's in the anime itself. Most people barely ever it, it would have to get to like that Roni Kenshin where the creator is like some sort of pedophile where it'd have to get like attention like that. Most people only care about like what is in the stories themselves. And that's what this should be for the most part, you know? Like what is yeah. the main character doing? My god, the newest issue just dropped. Like, let's talk about you know our theories about it, what we think the character should go through, power levels, all that stuff. That that stuff's fun to me, you know, over the other stuff yeah. actually. Right. Well, you had mentioned there's a lot of drama mm -hmm. and it kind of seemed like maybe you were referencing like with the Eric July and Isom stuff and Ethan Van Skyver. I don't know. I, I don't follow the comic book drama, but it does seem like there's been a lot of teams created and lines drawn and like tons of drama mm -hmm. and a lot of noise that I'm just like, how puke. I'm not going to pay attention. It's Twilight at this point. So what I mentioned, it's Team Edward or Team Jacob. It's like, bro, <laughs> I didn't like that stuff when I was in freaking high school. I mean, I watched Vampire Diaries, so I guess I'm no better than other people. But, you know, holy actual crap. Like, what is wrong with people? Like, teams and this stuff? That's so cringe. It, like, it really, really is. I don't know. You know, and it seems to be kind of the way of the internet that like the most anger and re and yelling mm -hmm. uh, gets the most clicks mm -hmm. and the most attention and it goes fire. And it's like, and then I'm sitting here staying out of drama and running a thing for four years going like, how do I get attention? And it's like, <laughs> well, I guess start drama with somebody, but I so can't do that. That would be too anxiety just, inducing. Yeah. I can't stupid. do that. Because, like, I'll feel so bad for the most part. There is some sort of level of weird conscience. I mean, usually I'm just a blank face for the most part because I don't really show emotions. I don't really talk about my personal life generally when it comes to this stuff because I live by, hey, no, that none of that matters. All that matters is what we're doing in this and what we're going to be discussing, right? But I, uh, I got to factor in. This is what we got to do. You got to do a show. Say just the most outlandish things about me. Say I fuck, I freaking went outside and sniffed the cat's butt, and then I licked the concrete, and I just e-fat what your show was, and then we caused drama based off that. There you go. Instant, instant <laughs> Now, I don't know if one of going to believe that, but <laughs> yeah, could, it, could, could be possible, actually. You know, it's, it's you actually Architect. Let me, uh, yeah, The uh, Architect by Mike Barron. What, what, what? Oh, yeah, hold Mike, on. It's is, is, isn't like Mike Barron comments. It might be the bloody red Baron. I don't know. Give me one sec. Let's see. Oh, you know, he, uh, because I discussed oh, okay, this when it. I had him on. He does different websites for almost every one of our, his properties. But in the front cover of this, it says bigheadpress.com. So, yeah, I'll be reading this probably this evening. Because also, I know Mike's a really, really talented writer. And the art in this is pretty fire. So I think I'll enjoy it. Sorry, there's a cop outside. Probably a black guy doing something. They're always in trouble. You know what I mean? Good lord! I know. <laughs> they just can't for no stop good reason crime. either. It's all racism, <laughs> right? Good lord! Yeah. Pointing out when people do crime is racist now. Apparently, even statistics actually now. Apparently, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. It's um. I don't know when it comes to this stuff because when it comes to what you've been doing, like, build. How do you know you have an audience for what you do? Is probably the big, biggest thing I would ask. Yeah. Okay. So for, for me and for us in particular, we started 
so we started Flip City to kind of push back on woke narratives and everything. Um, and we decided to do this at the very end of 2019 with our first edition coming out in March of 2020. So we came up with the idea and got to work on it and got it published within like four months. Um, then after we had it printed, we found a decent sized YouTube channel that was talking about QAnon stuff. Cause we're, like I said, we kind of, we're kind of like anti-government and, um, uh, conspiracy theory minded. We were never in the Q movement or anything like that, but I was reaching out to a bunch of people in the freedom movement or truth movement to see who I could get to talk about the magazine. At that point, we did not know for sure if we were going to be a print or digital thing because we had to figure out how are we going to be able to afford to like make this a viable business. And when we found the first guy on YouTube to talk about us, his audience overwhelmingly, like 98% of them bought the print edition. So we decided to go, um, go ahead and print it. And then after we did that, we were just so in love with the print medium. And then also because we are talking about um, pretty much all subjects that are censored and memory hole on the internet, we realized it had to be in print. It was the only way that we'd be able to get any kind of audience built up is if we can get it in people's hands. And then also because the content is a little savage and sometimes shocking, um, it, it multiplies that effect when it's in physical reality, it actually in somebody's physical face. I've been told multiple times by readers that they started with the digital editions, were reading them and then um, decided to go physical when then they'd get when they get the physical of something that they've already read, they were more shocked. So those kind of stories are fun to hear back from readership. Um, but yeah, as far as whether we knew there was an audience or not, yes, we knew there was actually tons of people that would be into our content because of um, pretty much the size of the YouTube channels of people that were talking about the same content you know, hundreds of thousands of people watching their live streams and stuff like that. It's mm -hmm. like, all right, the audience is there for what we're doing. Mm. That That's the thing. It's also been missing from the scene. It's something that you were doing, you know? I agree. I agree. It's totally missing from, mm. and that was the other thing too, that we saw. There was nobody doing anything like what we were planning on doing and then have done over the last four years. And it's been a blessing and a curse. Because it's been a blessing for people that see it and say, oh, my God, I can't believe something like this exists. I'm going to go bye, bye, bye. Then mm -hmm. there's the other people going, I'm scared of this. I have no idea what it is. It might offend me or it, you know, or it might make me laugh at something I shouldn't be laughing at. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we're really made for open minded people that have maintained a sense of humor that um, want to share kind of savage salty takes on mm -hmm. the world that we're living in now because we don't we don't hold any punches mm -hmm. you know we punch protected protected classes all the time because we are of the we are free speech absolutists we think offense kind of being um a golden rule like don't call cause offense otherwise you're a hater is mm -hmm. stupid so we are out there to offend people and to um, basically poke protected classes because we're told we're not supposed to, you know. So 
the wrong our magazine getting into the wrong people's hands um would make them fucking lose their shit and call us all kinds of terrible names that are mm -hmm. absolutely not true based on our actual true character but we're all about the irreverence like come on you guys you can't tell comedy that you can't make fun of something you know the thing i wanted to ask was you know you have a website all the social media links and everything then you're going to be uh you're going to have a new I issue coming out so how far are along you into this how many like volumes are you at i think you're at like 20 now i think yeah so this one right here just to show you what we've recently put out this is volume Ooh. 19 we did a 2023 smear campaign um <laughs> and we actually we we interviewed where is it where is it oh we interviewed Nerdrotic, so that was pretty exciting that Gary at Nerdrotic would speak to us. Um, That's so That's crazy. Yeah, as far as far as um, print editions, volume 19 is done, and we are working on volume 20 right now. Um, we're hoping to have it to the printer in the next couple of weeks, but we need money all the time. I'm never shy to say, dude, give us all your money. Give us all your money. Go buy Flip City stuff um, and help us be able to continue independently publishing because we are in, on a quarterly publishing schedule and it's very expensive. You know, we pay for a bunch of different art and artists and um, we don't pay our writers because my husband writes most of it and other writers that want to contribute, contribute just want to do it for, because they believe in our mission and they want to be funny and, you know, be published in print and all that kind of stuff. Um, so is this your girlfriend in this case? Us. Oh, no, no, she's married. Uh, this I do, uh, I forgot she, she's new, she just followed last night. So, um, you know, I do one on ones with people as well as the uh panel shows we do, or if you're doing anything other like special. So, having a solo woman on, no, no girlfriends. I am a hot single bachelor man who's rich and yeah. successful. Yeah, yeah, older you're women, you're the swag queen, king, not queen, queen. Oh, god, I, See, not <laughs> I almost called you. What did I do I to you? I don't know why. Oh my god. I don't know okay. why. Oh, well, I thought actually, that was you never a, a W. <laughs> you never me your preferred pronouns. So Oh, right, you know. Oh, for, <laughs> yes, that's true. You, did, did, does your books have pronoun people, you know? You got to be inclusive these days, right? Got to got to make sure everyone's loved. It's like, good lord, these people would fold in real life. Actually, I'm not even kidding. Actually, if you don't mind, I want to read just one little part in yeah. here. Oh, darn. It's not in this edition. I don't think it is. Oh, anyway. Um, so that's something about the magazine itself. We act, we absolutely are inclusive. We are inclusive of everybody. The only thing is we might include you and you might not like the light that we're spinning you in. So, you know, mm -hmm. all you people out there going, include us, include us, <laughs> include us. When you're included in something, that means all of society, including opening yourself up for mock and ridicule. And that's true mm -hmm. inclusivity. You cannot be, you can't expect other people to treat you in a certain way uh, because you're a protected class. Screw protected classes. We're all Americans. We're all humans. We all fuck mm -hmm. up. We all have our joys and triumphs and all that kind of stuff. Don't make me treat you nicely when I don't like that you're trying to treat me like shit, you mm -hmm. know, and say I'm one way or another. But yeah, we're very inclusive. Oh, gosh. 
And <laughs> hmm, how, how have you been able to like go through like printing processes? Because I, I know when you get to like the printer for like a lot of these books or whatever, it's a it could be a I'll say a make or break thing, but it's very difficult. It could be like really taxing to like getting the book made done. How have you so when have you when did you start this actually? Yeah, so we started printing in um our first our first edition went to the printer in, in March 2020, and we actually had a um, large printer in Los Angeles. Our sales rep was very kind. He laughed at the, in Los Angeles, can you believe it? Laughed at Good the Lord. material that we <laughs> gave him. Um, and they were a printing press for, they're the printing press for the Los Angeles Times and mm. stuff. So that's where we started. Then we moved to a smaller um and better priced printer uh, in Wisconsin um, that we've been using. Um, and they have a small web. So we do offset press um, and the book is trimmed to size and all that kind of stuff. I still haven't figured out with all the crowdfunding people with the smaller runs exactly what they're doing. I need to talk to more people that are doing that stuff and getting really mm -hmm. small runs. I still don't understand how variant covers and all that kind of stuff works but it, it makes me curious it's like how are you affording this kind of print is it print on the demand i don't get it mm -hmm. but we're doing we're doing offset web mm -hmm. pressing because <laughs> we've been able to grow our uh subscription base enough to afford that so do you remember when you first got the book in hand that type of feeling when it was actually made and it was done we were oh my god it felt so good i don't think we cried or anything but it did kind of feel like <laughs> You're like, I felt like, oh, our baby, look how beautiful, you know? <laughs> Only to just send that out for so other people can enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. uh, so do you still have that same kind of feeling whenever a new issue gets made? It's just like, wow, this is actually done. Not as much. I mean, yeah, I think mm -hmm. for the first two years, it was like that every time. Mm -hmm. now because it's like all so, oh, other kids i had more of these <laughs> you know what it may it may be that i mean <laughs> okay. we are we now have 19 editions that's a lot of little babies to yeah. have and <laughs> lord and, um, you heard the protection plan also, lady good lord <laughs> the protection plan lady yeah come on yeah you gotta wrap it up sometimes oh <laughs> all these kids well, luckily, they're just all paper babies, so we can tear them up anytime we want. Oh, Lord. But, and you uh, just throw them out when they're defective. That's see, There you go. Well, that's could. how it works. Who needs abortion that's to throw throwing, them out? Except for that's throwing. You know, we sell our babies. So. Oh, Lord. <laughs> FBI, she said that, not me. I'm a good person. I pay my taxes to the shitty IRS every year. Uh, oh, anyway. So, yeah, you mm -hmm. asked if we, we're like that every time. Not, not as much, but I also mm -hmm. think that the... Um, what has happened to us over the last four years is Flip City Magazine is our entire, entire freaking lives. And we're nonstop going. And it's starting to feel like a little like burnout, mm -hmm. you know, because we're constantly trying to find the revenue. And it was easy to find the revenue in the first two years. Then our second two years, it's been a real grind to start to find the new audience and get people to talk about us and all that kind of stuff. But then Do I you realized never did crowdfunding actually never until recently. And we're only wow. doing crowdfunding on fund my comic. Yeah, no, we basically mm -hmm. we're doing independent publishing in a way that nobody does it. And we never mm -hmm. did want to crowdfund. We thought we could do it like regular business mm -hmm. model, publishing model, and then realized, you know what? Especially when Fund My Comet came out because they're so like um, 
free speech and all that. And I'm like, I have to support this in any way I can. Okay, let's start running funding campaigns over there. Um, and it's opening up a whole new world of readers and supporters and um, networking with other creators. So that's what I'm really excited about is meeting other creators, having them on my show, going on their show, making friends, um, having um, other people that are producing physical media basically stand shoulder to shoulder with us and say, we support this savage satire, you know, like Mike Barron gave us a really nice quote on Facebook. And I'm like, okay, we can be accepted in the indie comic sphere and it feels mm. good. So I'm excited through 2024 to just make more friends in the indie mm. sphere. And I think uh, crowdfunding is going to help us do that, make friends. So when it comes to like fulfilling the book, what process do you think is harder? The printing portion of it, getting it all together? Because people don't even know this either because people have already done this. What people have told me is that even when you get to the printing process, when they actually ship you your stuff, you have to go through every single one to make sure it obviously it's made the way you want to, the way it looks. And then you have to obviously, you know, ship the products out. That actually costs quite a bit of money. People don't know. It costs a lot of money to ship these things out because postage uh, yeah. is uh, yeah, shipping's pretty damn expensive. That is an expense. As far as us going through our entire print run, we do not do that. We'll we'll look at a few from a few different boxes. Um, with us mm -hmm. in particular, because I know I kind of gleaned, even though I'm not like really in the comic scene and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff, I've kind of gleaned like um, a lot of comic book people are anal as fuck. Like they're like, yes. you know, this yeah. is wrong. And, you know, yeah. with us, and this is actually even kind of part of our brand. I'm just going to flip through this while I talk about it mm -hmm. um, so you can see our quality. But um, but we basically brand ourselves as a shit rag. You know, mm -hmm. that's yeah. what, you know, trashy satire is all about. Mm -hmm. um, so for us, if something was smudged or like maybe not printed perfectly, that's okay. We're not, we're not precious. We're not precious. So please value us. Um, we're, we are a comic satire rag. And if something doesn't come out like super perfect, fuck it. We'll do better next time. You know, Yeah. Mm -hmm. we're publishing this on a, on a quarterly basis. But if you look, you know, the quality mm -hmm. is pretty fucking stellar. If something, yeah, if something doesn't come out exactly right, whatever, whatever, yeah, we're not precious. Yeah. Yeah, like the thing that people have gotten into the space now is like everything is so overblown. Like I, I don't believe for a second people are that angry because to be that angry, it, you think that their people will be dying out here. No, people are just overreacting sometimes to most things, if we're being honest here. So like what I just saw there is completely fine. As long as it comes out clean, you can see everything. The wording is there. That's fine. That's it. You know, what yeah. I'm always generally worried about is like, you know when you ship it out, do they actually get the product? That's actually way more worrying because you, you'd be shipping things out to a bunch of different states. You don't know if people, 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 you people throw boxes now on people's doors that, you know, products would be like smashed or something, just way more important things, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that is something though, that we have uh, in 2023 and now kind of like into 2024, mm -hmm. our revenue has been so tight that we, we are in 2023, we were a little bit behind our publishing schedule this year. We are still a little bit behind um, the what would fix our problem of being a little bit behind is just being able to boost our revenue. 
And then we can make things go faster by hiring more artists, getting to the printer on time. Sometimes we don't have enough money in our pockets to pay for the printer. So we just have to sell, 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 and like mm. spread the message as far and wide as we can to get uh, enough revenue to print. Um, and then after we receive the magazines, then we have to have the money to ship it out as well. So it, 2023 and also just doing this within like horrible, horrible economy. It's been a struggle, but mm -hmm. we're still, we're still doing it as far as shipping goes. Yeah. I, um, we do it a little differently than a lot of the indie comic books as well, because mm -hmm. we are, we, um, got ourselves a permit imprint from the USPS, which means, um, we get discounted rates for pre-sorting all the mail. Mm. and running it through their system and all that kind of stuff. But we do a thousand magazines pretty much every time we're sending out. So it is backbreaking, wrist breaking. It kind of sucks. Lots of paper cuts, all that kind of mm. stuff. But, um, but when it's done, it feels so good that you did it all yourself, you know? Mm. I, I have you probably had some long ti uh, tireless sleepless nights packing orders probably having you. You know, what's funny. So not with 19, with 19, my husband helped me. And I realized when there's two people doing it, because you can kind of do like production line type stuff. Um, it goes three times faster with volume 18. I did it all by myself and that sucked bad. It was arduous and it was those long nights and everything. But with between me and my husband doing it, um, it was went rather, rather quickly. So we were happy about that. Ooh, so I imagine you've learned a lot through all these uh, three years from 2020 till now. Artists, did you ever fall into that thing of like uh, give the artists all the money up front they, they, they left or how was the you know what? journey no, with falling artists? Been, yeah, so we have been 100% blessed with every single contributor that we've had. We've never paid anybody up front. We always pay them after we get the work. Everybody's trusted us to do mm -hmm. so. Mm -hmm. Um, and because of revenue issues and, and we've been de developing these friendships with these artists for the last mm -hmm. four years, our main contributors, um, like our lead parody artist, and then one of our most savage artists, Dave McDowell, um, mm -hmm. have been working with us so long and they trust us so much. And they are so on board with the satirical mission that they'll, they'll put their bills off for like three months sometimes you know mm -hmm. depending on their need and and we just kind of have developed that relationship with um a lot of our artists where it's like okay hey listen or listen we have a choice to like pay this and that or we can pay this and that and then we just go to the artists and say yo how bad do you need your money right now and they tell us it's like dude i need cigarettes so bad and it's like okay <laughs> what do you have so you can get your carton of cigarettes <laughs> or or like um no i'm fine i'm fine you know um pay me when you can so we just have that relationship to be able to even mm -hmm. negotiate after the fact, but yeah. everybody always gets, ends up getting paid and, and not too long of a wait. Um, but damn this economy. It's hard. Yeah. It's, yeah. Cause like people have been wondering why like uh, funding numbers have been down on, on people's websites. Like how much people have been investing this much. And this is being a lot of people haven't understand crowdfunding, not just books in general, is like really expensive, but just the actual price you're naturally going to have to charge for it is above what other people are generally accustomed to paying. You know, it, it's like a way I explain to people is like 
when you go and buy a floppy, let's say you do buy a floppy at your local comic book shop, those could range from like four ninety nine to like six ninety nine. Okay, so now if you're buying an independent work, because this is what you have to explain because they don't understand this stuff. It's like you have to charge more than that person does, like the big two image or DC or Darkers, all that stuff, mm-hmm. because you're doing it all yourself. So basically, the reason why, for most people who don't understand this, the reason why you get charged more is because the person has to do it all themselves. Okay, artists, editors, all that stuff. You know, just think about any job in a comic book. When you read a book and you see all the names, think about all those jobs. All that is on one person to do. That's the reason why you get charged more in the indie space for certain books. That's how it is. I'm going to. I'm going to add one more thing. It actually, mm-hmm. a lot of it also has to do with print run numbers because mm-hmm. the more, the higher print run goes, the less you pay per unit. So if you're thinking of the big two, they are running high numbers of, uh, of comic books for each edition. So they're only paying, you know, maybe 50 cents per book. But then when you're talking about the Indies, they might only be, running a hundred books, but for every book, they're paying like five bucks, you know, out of their pockets. So that's a huge reason why. Um, and also like, for example, I'm just going to show you our cover price on this. This is a, um, so we we're charging 1195 for this and we've got like 68 pages, I believe in this edition. Um, and that is a really high price for a magazine, but actually kind of a low price for an indie magazine because we're kind of in that in-between mark where we've been able to build up our subscription list enough to start teetering on bringing the unit price down just a little bit. Believe me, indies are not gouging you. In fact, they're probably just barely making it, you know, with yeah, all their yeah. business expenses. This is what people don't even see, like the the amount that they have to charge to even just get you that product. At most, like you said, you're just breaking even. At most, yeah. If you're lucky, yeah. that profit. Yeah, man, that must you're be a absolutely good campaign. lucky. Well, <laughs> you know, and and that's the thing too, because I think I saw a post on Facebook um, complaining about Eric July, like three books costing sixty five dollars. Me personally, knowing how many pre sales he had, he probably could bring his per book cost way down because he's Mm -hmm. printing a lot of them. So I know he's getting those price breaks, but he still is charging. And and I don't know anything about Eric July's business or anything like that. And I'm not talking shit, but I believe he's probably getting a nice price break because of the number that he is um, producing. So he has a really nice profit margin. I guarantee you. Yeah, so he said the reason why that that's priced that way is because it gives leeway to getting profit for the company, paying your artists, paying the people involved, yep. you know, because well, like if that's... you charge too low, then the people involved are going to make less money. And the, the thing is, like, people have lives, they have bills themselves. So I, I, I can understand why that comes through. It's like you're trying to run, run a business, everyone's got to get paid, you know, mm-hmm. and that's the thing is, I, I always I mean, people t- do kind of look at it through page count, if you're getting 96 pages. Because the average floppy is like, what, 24 pages? This is 96, roughly. $40 for 96 pages? If you look at it from page count to price you're paying, that seems pretty good. $40 for 96 pages, I think it's pretty – I think it's a steal, honestly, you know? But that's how I look at it. Maybe I'm just crazy. Maybe maybe we're just all just conspiracy theorists, actually. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, like I said, everybody basically is a conspiracy theorist if you Mm. question anything mainstream. Um. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and that's the other thing, too. Uh, even if Eric is overcharging his customers, 
it this is what the free market is if people aren't going to pay it then he will he would be forced to change his price you yeah know, the next book alpha core but he doesn't yeah. have to people yeah, are the out there buying books, it the two isom books were 35 dollars plus like shipping hit to like the 47 ish mark the alpha core number one book that just dropped uh last year toward the end of the year $28 actually up front $20 which shipping is like 35 anyway so the alpha course price did come down but this is the thing is people don't understand to get those price rates down those have to be like somewhat calculated off of like how much you're going to bring in how much you printed like shipping rates. people are like well the shipping costs too much money well that's not a rate you get to, you negotiate the stuff the more you do actually it's not like what people talk about versus what they bring up is like People forget the back end of it versus like they see the front end of it. It's like, you know, you get to have more benefits the more money you make. So the more money you make, you get to have like, hey, now I, when I go up to my shipping guy, I could be like, hey, can I have this price? Because I'm going to ship this much to you, you know? But that's why I like yeah. talking about the business side of things because this is what people just don't generally understand. They think like, oh, what I'm getting charged is it, you're ripping me off. It's like, well, actually, I'm getting ripped off. You're actually getting the steal in the grand scheme of things, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and that's the other thing too that I see a lot of. And, and and I don't know all of the drama and everything, but I do see, you know, a bit of like crap talk about books being late and stuff like that. Um, I, I do believe a lot of people that support crowdfunders, a good majority of them are patient, graceful people that are like, hey, it comes when it comes. I'm going to just chill because I liked this project or whatever. But I would like to say to anybody that wants to get butthurt if you're like books a month late or something like that. Dude, it's fucking hard as shit to be an indie. It just really, it is. There's so much that can happen. And basically, especially for most mm. comic book creators, you're wearing every single hat. You're the marketer. You're the shipper. You're the creator. You're the writer. You know, all this stuff. So please, if you have an ounce of grace in your body, um, call upon it and, and be gracious with, you know, your indie comic book providers because the but and and share their shit help them grow if you if you want things faster share their shit help them grow because the more revenue that they have that's they can pay people to help them make their book come faster you know and then that's also spreading that love around in the independent community um because that's one thing i can guarantee you as well indies are not wasting money they're finding all the best deals they possibly can, you know? So. That's the thing is, you know, if you have a, uh, that's why I, I always have these shows, you know? So when they, when these shows do come out on like podcasting platforms, like Spotify and all those other ones, or you people see these shows on rumble and Twitter, like that's my, that's you know, my level of promotion as someone, you know, someone coming off like a minimum of like an hour talking about their life and how they got into it, the business side of things, you know? Cause like, you know, on average, like how much is one tweet really going to do, you know? Versus like, you know, investing into creator for like it, you know, give or take an hour or two at a time. I think it's going to be a lot more beneficial for them too. But, you know, that's just my way of doing this. I get every, everyone's going to have what I can do to benefit other people as well. You know, I try to be the benefactor of all people, you know? <laughs> right. No, I completely understand what you're saying. And it's funny. And I'm so happy that we met as well because I think you might, if oh, you're willing you. to be... Oh Hello? my God. <laughs> oh my God. I thought we totally stopped the stream again. Um, I'm hoping <laughs> you'll let me pick your brain every once in a while as far mm -hmm. as streaming goes, because it's kind of mm -hmm. a newer thing for me, but that is my show. It's called Creative Chaos, and I'm having a new 
person that's creating something outside the mainstream, come on, tell me what they're doing. And then we do a bunch of other silly flip city style stuff as well. And it's only a one, one hour stream. Um, anybody that wants to check it out, we're streaming, um, across four different platforms, um, YouTube, Odyssey, Rumble, and then a small platform. Oh, you have a Rumble channel? Okay. I'll make sure I'll follow you guys. Is that, is is it called Flip City Mag? Is that what it's called? Um, it's either Flip City Mag or Flip City Magazine. I forget what it is on Rumble. Actually, just, leave Ashu alone. She's not doing anything. I'm going to pull my Professor channel. Professor Savage Dad said hi. Professor Savage Dad, what's up, man? Yeah, we're going to have Professor Savage Dad on around 7.30, 8 PST, my time, uh, to do the ISOM number two review. And let me actually go and let me go into my search history right now because I had the Flip City Mag right here on flip city mag on rumble let's see oh i found it okay it's easy yeah you're on odyssey do you find odyssey like benefiting actually okay so the reason i'm streaming to odyssey right now is i have a group of streaming friends that is very supportive of flip city magazine the magazine itself they're all Mm -hmm. really kind of like savage people they're kind of mean sometimes too they've been mean to me but whatever Mm -hmm. i forgive them um, because we're living in crazy times. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, their their preferred network of choice is Odyssey. So I started streaming there to hopefully, you know, kind of peel some of their audiences over to watch my stuff. It ha- I haven't been that successful in getting them to watch regularly on Odyssey. So I was talking to my producer actually this morning saying, hey, We're going to go ahead and do Odyssey for three more weeks. And if the views don't come up and I don't have anybody interacting in chat, I'm probably Mm going to start doing Facebook. Mm. You know, I'm just trying to find where I can get the most engagement. Yeah, yeah, same here. I I, I know what you mean. It's, you know, it can be a little jarring to have like a few people watching. But I've always figured it's the person you're having on, the person you're talking to kind of makes the most out of the conversation, you know, because like, I've had conversations where I've had bomb conversations. There've been like almost no one in chats, honestly. And I'm, I was like, you know what? If the if that's just how it is, you know, when it comes to that stuff, if you're only going live for only so long, like you know, takes people a minute to get in to watch them because it might be a work. It's just, oh, it's just so much. Oh Lord, <laughs> Facebook yeah. seems like your market. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I saw that. What and uh, what is that? AU shoes XO. You shoe. Oh, you shoot. Um, Facebook seems like my market. That's what I was wondering. Like, are, I, I are they going to censor me hardcore? Page. I don't know. I actually created a Facebook fan page. Um, I've, I I would have to go and use it, but um, I'll see what's worthwhile for it, honestly. Because I, I, I don't know if you've ever heard of this guy named uh, Pops Van Saint. He's he's the big old madness. madness yeah, per, I know uh, who he producer. is. Yeah, have you ever talked to him? Yeah, I've spoken directly to him. In fact, he's syndicating my show now on the Madness Comic Network. Yeah, and he says says he's really happy with what we're doing because Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of a mishmash. I am highlighting an indie creator every single week, but it's not always going to be a comic book indie creator. It could be a musician or a novelist Mm -hmm. or um, maybe even like... uh, um, like a movie maker, um, things like that. So it's more about the grander scope of independent everything Mm -hmm. media. And then also I have segments that we do silly stuff. So we'll read flip city content or, Mm -hmm. um, I have a 
I have a segment called Conspiracy Corner where we talk about conspiracy. It's a fun little show. I like it. You haven't said anything crazy enough to be censored. Yeah, see? Yeah, that's true as well. Oh, well. Facebook users love Matt. I'm, yeah. like, yeah. I'm like, you should come see my stream and see what I say on stream, on my right, stream. So I'm I, a guest here today. <laughs> so I just followed you on uh, Flip City Mag. Rumble? What I wanted to tell you is I know you you had Luke uh, Stone on from the guy who yeah. made from my comic, right? I don't know if, if this is a bug or anything. So you might have to reorder this show number on Rumble, just delete it and just upload it as a normal VOD. When it when, when you had Creative Chaos number four for Luke Stone, it just only put out 15 seconds. It only put out your promo for... Um, oh, thank you. Thank you for that. Because I don't really... I haven't been paying attention to Rumble very much, but I should. Because I've mm -hmm. noticed people are coming over and viewing it. Um, yes, I can absolutely re-upload the Luke Stone. Yeah, yeah. So what happens is um, just make sure if you go live to Rumble, just have the stream key and the URL before you hit live. That's what's happening. I forgot to add those in before we went live. So yeah, the Luke Stone one, just, you know, re-upload that. But you, that's all, only one that I saw was the 30-second promo. Let, let me see if I can go through anyone that, that had the same issue. Uh, actually, I think I think uh, number oh, that one? four might be lost, might not be up. Yeah, Luke was four. So you all you do is just okay. re-upload that one. That's it. Everything else came out fine, honestly. Okay, cool. On cool. the other um, side of Holly Weird, do you talk about DARPA weather control? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> the weather to me uh, is either sunny or Hey, I think I just hot. found myself a new reader, Yushu, if you're talking about DARPA weather control and stuff. So um, I don't know. We... We might, we might have done a piece. Don't forget, we are a satire magazine, so we're not like a truther magazine or anything like that. But on my show, we might get into more truther topics depending on who my guest is and what they want to talk about and how based they are. But yeah. we probably won't, we probably won't ever go into like, you know, <laughs> it was the Jews. Probably won't do <laughs> <All> that. Fucking <laughs> cow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. It's just, you know, growing on Rumble is, is hard, I would say. You know, just growing on any social media platform is hard, you know? It's just... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Freak. People that don't do it won't understand it either. That's my always, like, biggest thing is, like, people who, like, always say this is easy because they saw, like, another big person doing it or any level of big people they've been exposed to on social media, whether it be on YouTube or anything. It's just, like, I don't know where you... Anyone listening to this, I don't know where you got that information. Whatever you learned from that person, throw that shit out immediately. <laughs> Please. All that yeah. is trash. <laughs> well, okay. So we're you're on episode 299 now, and I'm assuming tomorrow is going to be number 300. Am I correct Tonight. in that? Tonight. Well, so this isn't the first oh, podcast tonight. I've ever had. Yeah, so I've been podcasting since like 2020. The ones that I had that I don't have. Okay, so my first original one was called Real Takedown. That was part of my original YouTube channel. And then after that, I canceled that show and I deleted all the episodes off that show. I actually found three episodes of that show in my downloads recently. But that was my first show, THR. Then I did the Nightwing podcast. And then that was probably my, my biggest one. And then I did other variations of it, like one-on-ones. That, that was the Batman podcast. I had one for just Yu-Gi-Oh. We had one for Conspiracy Theories. It was called the Illuminati podcast. And we had one of my friend IRL called Cookies and Cream because he's white. So he's like, he'd be like cream. I'd be like cookies and I'm black. That was the <laughs> okay. fun name of the show. So uh, my original YouTube channel. A gay. Take, just but... a little gay. A, a little, you know, G-A-Y, <laughs> not G-H-E-Y. G-A-Y for sure. <laughs> so then 
Uh, I lost my main YouTube channel because uh, liberals, you know, bullshit. So I had to rebrand my second YouTube channel, which is all League of Legends based, to like what we have now, which is just I can upload whatever I want to. But in the midst of that, I also I also have a, le a dedicated League of Legends podcast. So I lost every podcast except for that League of Legends one. So I had to basically restart over with this one. For the last time, I was like, no more restarting to this. We are not doing episode one. You know, Marvel Comics is known for like doing the bounce back to issue number one for the comic series. It's like a Marvel comic joke thing. So no more bouncing yeah. back to issue number one. Well, so in Marvel Comics, whenever you get to like 20 issues now, they'll rebound back to issue number one to get that bump. Because, you know, it's like the TV show approach. Whenever episode one of a TV show comes out, you always check for like, curiosity reasons. So no more oh. episode ones. No more episode ones. We are. This is our last show I'm doing. Any one-on-ones, uh, panel shows, Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast, it's all going to be under one umbrella for these kind of shows, you know? So this is – so I started doing the Iron Man podcast at, literally right after I got banned from YouTube. My first channel got banned, and we're doing it since, like, freak August of last year, you know? So we actually hit our quota. Okay. So our first – so the Nightwing podcast bowed out at 268 episodes. On the podcasting platform, I still have access to those episodes. Not in podcasts, I still have access to it. It's on the podcasting platforms, and it peaked out at season 12, episode 15. So I was like, you know what? Let's try and get close to that number. We actually hit it like 265. We're like three episodes away from hitting our number of last year. That's crazy because we had to reboot very, very fast last year. So my goal this year for this show is hitting 400 episodes. Um, the Cloud Nine podcast, which is all League of Legends based, I just want that to hit like 12 seasons. Um, the episode number has already been hit. So, you know, everything's going good. We have two podcasts now. This one covers all my nerd stuff, what I'm going to do. The other one just covers, you know, League of Legends stuff. But, yeah, getting to 500 episodes later on tonight is crazy, you know? Yeah. You know, it, it is funny that you brought up that, you know, people watch it and see that other people's mm -hmm. channels grow and you think it's easy and all this kind of stuff. Because, um, uh, I just started streaming even though – I've been publishing the magazine for four years mm -hmm. and after year one, I realized we should start streaming. That's a good way to build an audience, blah, 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 blah. And I, we finally, I finally got a producer because that's what I needed to make it happen. I got too stressed out to run all the tech and all that kind of stuff for podcasting. I found myself a producer. He's having fun with it. Um, I've made a new friend in him. And so I've now got six under my belt and I'm only doing it weekly. So once a week going and streaming, cause I have a magazine to run. Damn it. I can't stream all the time. So um, I'd love if anybody that's listening would come check out my live stream tomorrow night at six o'clock um, check. Um, you can go to flipcitymag.com and find all of our links. And I also follow us on social media because I post when we're going to be going live. So mm -hmm. I I'd love to have people come watch my silly show and meet new creators. Hmm. And it's just doing, uh, just doing this stuff is interesting. I'll say, cause I, um, I, I hated look, looking at stuff that I felt like I just did wrong. You know, you ever looked at something you're like, man, I just did this all wrong. I want to restart. I would be the God. You'd be the did king of restarting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would have like the restart reboot remakes, you know, cause I, I hated feeling like I would look at something and go, man, I did that all wrong. I give me one more, give me a second chance. Give me a third chance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, we've made plenty of video content for promotional mm -hmm. purposes and all that kind of stuff. And anytime I pre-record things and I watch it back, I'm like, Ugh, 
<laughs> oh God. So it takes me forever to get pre-recorded anything done. So mm. I stumbled my words and all that kind of stuff. So as far as the live stream goes, I've been told by multiple people, watch your stream back so you know what's good, what's working, what's not working. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to look at myself. Mm. <laughs> don't make me look at myself. <laughs> <laughs> and last few things I'll ask you is um, any big plans for uh, 2024, actually? Big plans. Yes. So one of the big things I want to do this year, and it super excites me, is start going to cons. So mm -hmm. I'm trying to plan out how to go to cons, but I'm also going to put a little caveat on it because I've made friends nationwide and I'd love to find um, whose couches I can surf on and meet people, you know, that aren't even necessarily into comic books, but more maybe in the truther space or conspiracy space mm -hmm. that I've met online and have known for multiple years. So I kind of want to, tour the United States a little bit, meet people that I've known for years online and mm -hmm. do comic cons. Um, and then my stream also is kind of a big thing. I want to just keep that consistent all year long and see if I can do an entire year without missing one week. Cause that would be a big milestone for me myself. And then of course still publish the magazine quarterly and hopefully with more revenue more revenue that comes on will increase our page count and will increase how much art we can buy and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff so of course the magazine's always on our mind and why we do everything is to grow mm -hmm. the magazine and make it better and any shout outs you want to give to anyone in particular anything else you want to see before we head out mm -hmm. well Find us, go to flipcitymag.com and find where our socials are. That's the best, easiest thing to do. But otherwise, you can search at Flip City Mag to find us online mm -hmm. pretty much everywhere. If you are interacting with anybody from Flip City Mag, 99% sure it is me. My husband doesn't do much of the social media. So um, if you're interacting, that's me. And shout outs, just shout out to all of our artists, anybody that happens to see this. We love you guys so freaking much. Um, check us out. Oh, you can also read a free magazine if you go to flipcitymag.com. So if you want to check out what we do, whether we're worth your time, we put our money where our mouth is. Yes. And if you want to go on Flip City Mag and see me shirtless with uh, Scarlett Johansson next to me, you know, she's black, I'll be white, you know, we'll do the classic uh, race swapping there. <laughs> okay. Or I didn't know we were doing that. Yeah, you, you know, <laughs> Hey, they, they they said go woke get rich. That's that, that's the motto, isn't it? Is, isn't it? Or is it go woke? Well, go you know broke? what's fu what's funny is uh, <laughs> I've been thinking over the last couple of years. It's like be anti woke, stay broke. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was uh, great to have you on for the first time. Can we have you on for a second time later on? Uh, yeah. You know, during the year, uh, if you ever want to come on into panel shows, just forgot to get it. Ask you in advance. You know, you can't just drop everything for us. Dang it. You know, I thought we were supposed to be your main priority, you know? <laughs> well, I want to know when um, Professor Savage Dad's coming on, because I want to talk to that guy. Mm. Well, he it, he's usually on, oh, he's on Saturdays, actually. Or Saturdays, Saturdays? or Wednesday. Usually. You know what? I will, or Wednesday. I will just D, I'll DM him on X and see when he's coming on, because I think I'd love to be on a panel with him. Because mm. he is a, a dad. You know, and it's like, I told him, he just has to give me free money then, actually. Oh, is that how it goes? 
Yeah, I pay people here in a sponsorship money I don't have. <laughs> <laughs> Monopoly money works best, as you know. All right. We'll see you guys later. Have a great day, everyone. Peace.